The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Ember Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Amber, usually I come in and I say the intro perfectly, but sometimes it's a it, it, it's a crazy Thursday. I, I show my human side and I <laughs> and I mess up. But how are you doing today? You know, it's a beautiful Thursday. Probably one of the last beautiful ones we're going to have for a while, it, according to the weather. It true, it truly is. Uh, but it isn't one of the most beautiful times. Uh, well, we're still going to have beautiful days ahead because fall might be the prettiest time of the year. Well, I just don't like all the rain. I don't like the rain, but I love the leaves changing, and I love how you can see things that you normally can't see in the summer, because during the fall time, leaves fall, and Uh a lot of the trees just fall away, so so you you see through things. I know, like my backyard, that's a jungle, and I can see all them little kids running through there, and I'm thinking, boys, I walk around here with no clothes on and all my window blinds open. Well, last week, I revealed to everyone that I did move into my new house, trying to get things in order has been a task. And it's been a task mainly because of just corporate America. Welcome to the homeownership. Trying to get companies to do services for you has been one of the hardest tasks that I've had to do. So much incompetence. All I... You know, when people ask me what my advice for first-time homebuyers would be, I think I'm going to say now, uh, go ahead and find a handyman before you even move in. I, God bless handymans. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that can impress me with their brilliance, whether it is with medicine or whether it's with the law or whether it's with engineering. You can impress me with that. But you know what impresses me more than anything? What impresses me more than any brain out there is a man or woman mm-hmm. who knows how to work, who knows how to do trades. like With their hands. With their hands. Yes. Like, for instance... I tried to get a couple TVs hung on my wall the other day. Oh, I don't know how to do that. No, me neither. I don't know how to do that. But I, so I called these services out here to see how much it would cost mm-hmm. to hang a TV. Firstborn child? Amber, uh, yeah, might as well, because I kid you not, the guy that I called quoted me $375 for one TV and $320 per additional. Now, I could not believe that. I said, he's a crook. He's trying to rob me. I start, Wait, so was I you start, buying the TVs from him that he's going to hang up? No, this is just him hanging I up. I will. <laughs> so I called other places, and they quoted around the same price. I've actually called companies, mm-hmm. companies, local companies here in Lexington, and I won't put them on blast, but... I've called them before and they won't even call me back. How I does can't those companies that. How does those companies 
know that I wasn't willing to pay $25,000 for a job. See, and as a small business owner myself now, I realize every person who contacts you, you need to contact them back. You have a service. You've said you have a service. These people said, hey, you got this service. I want that service. Call them back. Exactly. So it's just very rude. And the I was at Walmart because Walmart is one of the top best stores of all time because you can get everything <laughs> I'm there. I'm judging you for that. But I was in Walmart and I was standing in line, Amber, and I was standing behind a pregnant lady and I was actually standing in line at Walmart with a waiting on a cashier. Okay. Yeah, so I That's didn't weird. I didn't do self-checkout, but the lady in front of me was pregnant. And then there was another person that I saw have an awkward encounter with this lady. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. And then she patted this lady's belly oh, no. and rubbed it and said, when are you due? And I could just tell the uncomfortableness uh-huh. from this lady. I could understand. I could just tell. It was written all over, over her face how uncomfortable she was. But it makes me just amazed that people think it is okay to go and touch a pregnant woman's uh, belly. When did that ever become acceptable in society? Because it's something that... It's not. Well, it... I don't know. It's one of those things that I don't think it is. You don't think it is. But a lot of people must because it happens all the time. Ignorance. It is. Ignorance. So touching pregnant women's stomachs is a rude thing to do. Uh, Touching anybody in general, rude thing to do. And not calling somebody out or not calling somebody back when they call for a service is a rude thing to do. So it made me start thinking of all of the rude things that human beings do just in everyday life that somehow these things that they they do, these things have somehow become normalized by society. Mm. So I mentioned touching a pregnant woman's baby. Yeah, It's a rude thing to do, but for some reason it's normalized in society. Here are some other things, Amber, because I have a list. Oh, man. I have a list of things that rude... I have a list of things that people do that are rude that have somehow become normalized by society. Gross. Okay? One thing that I'm going to talk about is looking at other people's phones while they're using it. Oh, 100%. It's, it, that's silly. None of your business. It's none of your business. Another is asking when someone is getting married or having kids. Ah, uh, gross. If one more person asks me when I'm going to have a kid, I'm going to say when you, when you have a smart well, well, one. Well, how stupid is that question? Because how do you know? You don't know what's going on in somebody's life. You don't know if this person is trying to have kids and Doesn't they can't. want to have kids. And then you don't know if somebody doesn't want to get married or want, want to have kids. What's it mean? That's what I... What does it matter? I think, That's what I want to know. What's I it think matter? That, that question gets asked because people who ask that question, they're looking so hard for people to be miserable just like them. They want people to be miserable like them. So they're like, well, when are you going to get married? Well, maybe when you stop acting like you hate being married, I'll yeah, get married. Exactly. Like, come on. Another thing that I find rude that for some reason society has normalized it is, you said it, Touching other people that you mm. don't know. I don't, I'm not down with that. No. Another thing is throwing cigarette butts on the ground. Oh. That happens mm. often. That's littering. That is littering. Don't be a quitter. Pick up your litter. I 
will watch people smoke cigarettes and they throw their cigarette butts out in people's yard. They'll throw them out of their car. That's the same thing as throwing food out of your car or throwing a, uh, not food, but throwing a wrapper of food out of your car. You know, littering is actually a finable offense in Kentucky, which I love. Thank you so much. I'm an environmentalist. Right, it's a $500 fine. It is. It's a finable offense. And People will get so mad at you if you say, don't throw that out the window. Well, it's just trash. Yeah, but where's that trash end up, buddy? Where's it end up? Is it, it going to end up in my storm drain? Or it's going to end up in an animal's belly? Yeah! Woo! I mean, so so no. littering, people will throw out their cigarette butts, and for some reason, that's become normalized. It's trash. What's the difference in that and something else? In Bulls, we got ashtrays and trash cans. Plethora. Another rude thing is asking someone you just met what their occupation is and how much money they make. Absolutely. I think that's an American culture thing. It is. I think that we put too much emphasis on what people do for a living because here in America, one of the first things that I get asked is, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. I hate that question. How much question. money you make? Well, you know, and what, that blows my mind when people have the nerve to ask that. Oh, yeah. Go fly a kite <laughs> instead of asking me how Go much money that I make because I will never tell you how much money well, wait, I make. wait, I need to ask you, though. How many times have you been asked how much money you paid for your house? Oh, uh, that's another <laughs> thing. Amber, you wouldn't believe how much, how many people have asked me how much money I paid for my house. You know, I've been lying. Because people be asking me how much money you paid for your house. You know, I'll be lying to people. Yeah, just lie. I'm out here just throwing out numbers. <laughs> Six, seven, five, four, three, two, one, baby. That's what he paid. Throw out an extra, just uh, an astronomical number. Yeah, and just, just something see, goofy. Yeah, just see how they react to it. But, yeah, I hate that. Because if you are a great person and you... You do all these wonderful things in life, but let's just say your occupation maybe isn't something uh, through the eyes of somebody in society, a high class. Mm -hmm. They judge you solely based on what you do for a living. Yes, what your title is. And I think that's so lame that we... We judge people based off what they do. Listen, I've met a lot of doctors, mm-hmm. and I've met a lot of lawyers, which seems to be the two occupations in America that, that Americans worship. But I've met a lot of bad doctors, and I've met a lot of just crappy lawyers. Hey, come and, on. and not talking about just being a crappy lawyer and a crappy doctor. I'm talking about crappy human beings. Crappy people. And then I've met janitors before who have, the best. That have been some of the greatest people I've ever known. Mm-hmm. 100%. So... I hate that here in America we put emphasis on what people do for a living. So stop asking that. That's rude. I'm going to start making stuff up for that, too. Another rude behavior, Amber, is not responding when a cashier or employee says, How are you today? I can't handle that. I will have a whole conversation with somebody that says, How are you doing? Absolutely. And I see it all the time. I see the cashier say, Hey, how's your day going? And then the person checking out will just look at them. I know. And won't answer. And that goes for anybody. Uh Uh-huh. That goes for anybody. If I ask you, How are you today? That is asking you a question, so that requires a response. Asking you, you a question, not the buddy behind you, the CC on the left of you. You, I'm asking you a question. Because sometimes I'm like, do these people think maybe I'm asking the question to the person behind them? It makes zero sense why people won't respond. Why is that an offensive thing to say to somebody? Hey, how are you today? How are you? How is that offensive? I don't People know. apparently think it is because they won't respond. I worked with a lady mm-hmm. at a company before, and I'll never forget her 
for as long as I live because of her rudeness, because uh-huh. of how rude she was, because I would literally say, hey, good morning, how are you? And she would look at me with no response. None. So I would think, you know, maybe she didn't hear me. So I would just continue and say, man, we're having some weather out there, aren't we? And she just would not, you could tell she was cringing because I kept talking to her and she'd be like, mm-hmm. Wow. I'd say, cat got your tongue today. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't matter. It, that's just the type of people. I feel it. We have out there. Another one is reclining your seat on an airplane without asking the person behind you is very rude behavior. You should, I know your seat will go back. Everybody's seat will go back. But just be polite and say, do you mind if I lean my seat back? Because you know what? Nine times out of ten, the person behind you, because you ask, will say, no, go ahead. You know, I've never had this problem. I have never had someone put their seat back on an airplane, but I took a bus one time on a trip to New York, and the person in front of me put their chair all the way back, and mm, I will, uh, I ain't never been that mad before in my life. Another rude behavior is people who always say things like, cheer up, or why are you so miserable today, or why are you looking so miserable? That is silly. Why well, miserable till you come around? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come on. You don't know what people's yeah, going come through. Come on, man. Um, another thing is asking Asian people where they're from and then saying, no, where are you really from? No. I mean, that's that's crazy no, because you, really you ask an Asian person where they're from and they'll say Beverly Hills. But then you look at them and say, no, 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 no. Where are you really, really from? And then they're looking at you like Beverly, Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. So it's like, how rude is that to assume that because you met a person of Asian descent that they're uh, from China? Or they are from uh, Japan. Because we don't like to use our brains and think. <laughs> yeah. Or you meet somebody with an accent and you just, you won't take their answer for face value. Mm-mm. That's rude. Don't do that. If they tell you that's where they're from, don't question it. Well, because that's, that's where they want you to think they're from. So leave it alone. Here, I think Amber is another rude behavior. And I want to see if you agree with me. Touching a dog without asking. Um, so if you see me outside, yes, do not approach me when I have my dogs. I am not responsible for the response that they have to a stranger coming up and touching them. But if you're in my house, no, don't ask me. But 100%, if you see somebody outside walking their dog, don't touch it. Well, you want to be careful with that because you never know if that dog is a biter. Exactly. So, So somebody, if you scare somebody's dog and they don't know what's up, they might bite your dog and then you're in a mess. Exactly. Exactly. Because if your dog bites somebody, they could sue, and then you might have to put your dog down. So it's, don't touch anybody's dog unless you ask permission to touch them. You'll see me actually scoop my dogs up if I see people walking. I'll pick them up. Don't touch them. Spitting in public. I don't spit around me in general. I don't care if it's in public, if it's in private. It's nasty going to the bathroom do that by yourself. People will. People will hawk loogies. Right out in the open. And, you know, I used to think that was just a man thing. Like, things oh, that God, only no. men did. No. No. It's women. I've seen women just hawk her back, baby. And I'm talking just as slimy snot you ever seen come out of their mouth. Woo. That's gross. That really does make me sick. Okay, just a few more of rude behaviors that I will mention here. Playing music loudly on the beach. Yes. Yes. I think that's rude behavior because nobody wants to hear your... 
boring country tunes or your boring rap tunes or your boring rock and roll tunes because somebody else might be in the mood for another type of music. This ain't your world and everybody else living in it. This is this is a society, a public beach, so you don't need to be turning up music very loudly. And we got this great invention called headphones. Headphones. And last but not least, touching a stranger's baby without asking. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's like my dog. I think that people that touch other people's babies without asking, it's it's cringeworthy because people will go up and kiss other people's babies. And and we live in a world now where we've had so many attempted like kidnappings, things like that could get you hurt. That could get you hurt. Her hurt. If you there are people out there with the herpes virus, right on their lips. Uh, yes, one in three people have HSV two. Okay, so what about Sorry, these HSV people one. that will go and kiss babies on the lips? That's nasty. You're you're spreading the virus. That's why aren't we you? have one in three that have HSV one. Most people probably that were born or most babies that are are diagnosed with herpes, it's because of a stranger kissing them on the mouth. Uh, Absolutely. Kissing them on the mouth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Oh, did you have another thing to say? I had a good one. I was like, no. Putting your feet up on the dashboard. Amber. Y'all need to stop. Yeah, because that's right now. And I saw somebody on Facebook post a picture of them and their kid both doing that. Stop it. Put your nasty feet in the van, in the car. It's usually people in vans. Yeah, because if you wreck, that's not going to be a good accident. I don't want to be looking at your nasty toes. Put that stuff up. And most people who do have their feet in the dashboard. Are nasty. Why is it that their feet is always nasty, 100%? Because they don't care, obviously. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Stick with us. Come on, listen to the everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Looking at the show thread, Chad says, opening a door for someone and them not saying thank you. Not th- them not saying thank you. Absolutely. No. That is a rude behavior. I don't do that. If you open the door for me and I didn't ask you to, I ain't telling you thank you and here's why. Go to New York City and there's a dude at every 7-Eleven. He'll open the door for you and then demand a dollar. I learned really, really quick. Don't. Well, that's in New York, though. Not here in good old Kentucky. Now, come on here in good old Kentucky. The men, like, if you say thank you to them, they'll follow you to your car and ask you if they move in with you. So, no. That's why women don't say thank you when men open the door for them. Amber, because it is October... Halloween is approaching. Halloween, it's one of my favorite holidays. It rivals Christmas with between which one's my favorite. I don't know. It's either Christmas or Halloween, but I love Halloween. And one of the great things about Halloween is all of the scary movies that is on television. Yes. I love watching just scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? I don't like to pick favorites. I know you don't. That's why I love asking I was watching The Sixth Sense last night. Okay. And that is a great movie. It's an iconic movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, spoiler alert. What rock have you been living on? Right, because it is it is a very well-known movie. M. Night Shyamalan, Bruce Willis, Haley Joe Osment. And it made me, after I watched that movie, it made me start thinking about... The little kid from The Sixth Sense, Haley Joe Osment. Yeah. He did such a great job in that movie. He was awesome. He was great. Think about some of the movies he was in. He was in uh, Pay It Forward. He, that was a good one. Yes, with that was with Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. He was in that movie Artificial Intelligence. A, the, the AI, yes. Which was a great movie. He was Forrest Gump's son. He was Forrest Gump's son. He did all kinds of different 
different movies. He was a good actor. And it made me start thinking of just how when he grew up, how he just disappeared. Yes. He just disappeared. He's Completely kind of off no, the radar. Well, he maybe he may still be around doing some things, but for the most part, he's non-existent anymore. And that's happened throughout the years with a lot of different child stars. So, Amber, think about some of the most iconic child stars of all time. Because there have been. Haley Joel Osment is one of them, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So... I would like to talk about some of the most iconic child stars of all time because what fascinates me most about these child stars is that when they grew up, they're no longer famous. So it makes you wonder, you know, were they only famous because they were a cute kid? Did their talent not carry over? But in general, I would just like to talk about maybe some of the most recognizable child stars of all time. So Haley Joe Osment, I would say in the 90s, he might have been one of the most famous child stars of all time. Absolutely. Or the early 2000s. And then this guy shares it with him, Macaulay Culkin. Ah, yes. In the 90s, Macaulay, you didn't get much bigger than him. Uh, No, you did not. And it's weird because every Christmas, it doesn't get much bigger than Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) But when he was in his prime as an actor, it was when he was a child. It was. If you look at maybe one of the most iconic child stars of all time, it's Macaulay Culkin. And it wasn't just because he was in movies. He got out. He was in music videos. He did performances with people. Yeah, he hung out with Michael Jackson. Yes, there's like this seven-year-old kid on here doing a music video. And Home Alone was a great movie, but it wasn't all of his good movies. No, The Good Son. The Good Son was a great movie. Getting Even with Dad was good. Richie Rich. Richie Rich was ballin'. Was a great movie. Getting Even with Dad, you gave me a look on that. Have you watched it all the way through? I have. It's not not the best Macaulay Culkin movie, but it's not bad. Well, like, I guess if I had to rank all my Macaulay Culkin movies, though, that would not be up there. I would go with, like, his first uh, post Child star, party monster. I would go with that one. I like that one. Okay, here is another child star, and some say this lady, this little girl, may be the most famous child star of all time, Shirley Temple. Aww. Yeah, Shirley Temple. You didn't get more recognizable than Shirley Temple in the 30s and the 40s. Animal crackers in my soup. Gary Coleman oh, was man. also an icon. Was an iconic child star from the late 70s to mid 80s there was no child star more famous than a young Gary Coleman no <laughs> there was no child star more famous than him in the late 70s mid 80s unfortunately his life took a really bad turn like most child stars do, lives do and part of that was because of just the personal things that was in his life I think he had a deformity. It did. He had a lot of medical issues. Yes, and there was a reason why he looked as young as he did. I think he he had a medical medical issue. Well, it says here that... um, It says Gary um, did frequent appearances on television. Nothing major until his death. Up until his death in 2010... At the age of 42, uh, following a fall at, in his home that caused a stroke. I think the only thing I can remember seeing him in is the surreal life. Mm-hmm. He, he went on and did that surreal life. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? Another iconic child star is Dakota Fanning. If you remember the early 2000s, it seemed like a young Dakota Fanning was in all the major roles. She took it by storm. Well, some people called her the 
modern day Shirley Temple. I, I would actually agree with that. So, what are some of your favorite Dakota Fanning movies? Hide and Seek, Uptown Girls. Uh, Hide and Seek with Robert De Niro. That's amazing. That was good. Uh, there was the I Am Sam drama. There was the Cat in the Hat. There was the Man on Fire uh, movie with Denzel Washington. There was World of the Worlds with yes. Tom Cruise. She was in a lot of movies, and she grew up. And uh-huh. when she grew up, yeah, she still acts. She still does movies, but she's not as famous as what she was when she was a child. No. She no. she was in, she's still a great actress. Don't take away from her fame, but I just she doesn't. She's, she's not, as, not famous. as active as she was when she first started. No, no, because her adult acting doesn't carry over that well like her child acting did. Because here's the thing about child actors. It's hard to be a child and act. It's rare when you find a good one. Mm-hmm. There's so many adult good actors, so she's yeah. just a dime a dozen now. Mm-hmm. But as a child, man, she could own the film. Yep. She could own it. So she was very famous. Another iconic child star, why not just mention two at the same time, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I met them. Which is wild. I know. They were filming Holiday in the Sun in the Bahamas. I was staying at the Atlantis. And I was staying... What year? Oh, gosh. 2001. Summer 2001. You met Mary-Kate and Ashley... At the height. At the height of their career. Because folks that listen to this show, they probably know who we're talking about. (laughs) Because... They were very, very famous, not just from Full House. Yes, that started their career, but it catapulted when they started their own like video series, The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley. Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley. What were some of the movies they did? Uh, They did a Slumber Party one. New York Minute. Oh, you're talking... Okay, so now look. It takes two. No, you're you're doing something completely different. Their videos weren't that. So they got famous by doing small videos of them doing things with just their friends. So they were staged videos. Yes. And then they moved on to Hollywood Blockbuster. Yes. But no, when they first started, it was like Little Sleepover singing songs about pizza and selling their brother and stuff like that. Now, do they... Does Mary-Kate and Ashley still hang out like they used to? I know that... Dude, they were actually in the news recently. There were some photos taken of them. They actually, I think, went to an event together, and that was the first time anybody had seen them in a while. The reason they were in the news, I know what you're talking about, it's because it was like the 15th year anniversary of their clothing brand. Oh, I I had a lot of that. (laughs) Well, well, it's their new clothing brand, not their Walmart clothing brand. Well, they wasn't nothing wrong with their Walmart clothing brand. No, there wasn't. There wasn't anything wrong with their Walmart clothing brand because now everybody tries to have a clothing line at Walmart. And, oh, yeah. And who wouldn't want a clothing line at Walmart? Everybody shops there. Exactly. But you couldn't get more famous than those two at the time when they were at their height. Another iconic, famous child star back when he was young was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Hey! He was, what do they call that? The teen, teen heartthrob. <laughs> so he was the guy that you'd rip out of your magazines and hang on your wall. Well, not me. That was the Hanson Brothers for me. But he got famous for playing Randy Taylor on Home Improvement. But he also went on to do great blockbuster films, too, like The Lion King. He was the voice of Simba. What was the Santa Claus movie he was in? I I don't know if he was in... Oh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes, that was a great one. (laughs) What about... What about... Man of the House with Chevy Chase. Okay. That is my favorite Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie. But, again, here's a child star that grew up and left the fame behind. Exactly. He just he just left it behind. Another iconic famous child star who didn't really grow up to be famous after she was a child was Lindsay Lohan. Oh no, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, you, you got to think. 
give her credit where credit is due. When she was a child, she was putting out bangers. She yes. was putting out Mean Girls, Herbie Fully Loaded, Freaky Friday, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Uh, say what you want to about Mean Girls. It's a cult classic. Uh, you know Mean Girls is in my top ten. Uh, it's in a lot of people's top ten. Yeah, it's a great movie. She grew up. She could not hang on to that fame. Well, I think she was trying to hold on to Hollywood a little more than fame. Another iconic child actress, and I will say this is this is an exception. Someone who did grow up and kind of become bigger than what she ever was as a child was little Drew Barrymore. Oh, yay! Yeah, she's... You've said this before. Drew Barrymore's had three lives. She did. A child... she does. A child, a teenage, and just her adulthood. Yes. She had careers in all of them. In all of them. And all of these different genres that you look at with her are very, very, very different. You know, she started out as a child in these kind of scientific... You know, she was E.T. Firestarter. Then she went into kind of like the teen, you know, angsty, you know, Poison Ivy, that's one of my favorites. And then into the good, lighthearted comedy, our favorite. And the last one that I want to mention on my list is the little girl that played Matilda on the movie Matilda. I love her. Mara Wilson or Mara Wilson? Mara Wilson. Yes, she was in a bunch of blockbusters back in the day, Mrs. Doubtfire, a Miracle on 34th Street, mm-hmm. and Matilda. She was a famous little girl actress. She grew up and didn't do one single role. Wasn't she also in Mrs. Doubtfire? She was, yeah. Yeah. In Mrs. Doubtfire. And she recently uh, was in the news because in 2016, I guess that's not recent, but when she came out as bisexual, that made news, which is stupid. I don't know why that would make news. I don't know why we keep making sexuality news. But that's who I have on my list. Amber, who did I did I leave anybody off? Now, there's tons and tons and tons of famous child stars that I didn't mention, but I think that I covered most of the most iconic ones. The only two I put on my list was Dakota Fanning and Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, so, so I think that's a pretty good list. So, boom. Boom. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Imagine me and you, I do, I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight, so happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Sean says on the show thread, he says, put some respect on Frankie Muniz. Hey, Sean Powell and I were roommates back in college, and I remember Sean Powell was always a fan of Frankie Muniz. He liked that show, uh, What's what was that? Malcolm Ma- in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. I remember that. But yeah, he was another child star. He did Agent Cody Banks. Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar. Yeah, so I could say, I could see where he would make the list as a famous, iconic child star. Well. Somewhat. I ain't a Frankie Muniz fan, but I won't judge him. Football is back in full swing. We've talked about college football a lot, but Amber, the NFL coaches is what's been making the news lately. Mm-hmm. And I've got two stories that I want to talk about when it comes to the NFL coaches. Now, I like the NFL better than college football because it's just a better sport. It's more physical. It's faster. I love college basketball. It's my favorite sport. Yeah. But comparing college football and NFL, NFL is just leaps and bounds better. Oh, yeah. It's just better, and that's why it's the number one sport in America. But 
The NFL coaches have been making news, and I want to start with the first one. John Gruden, he was the head coach of the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and he is no longer the coach because in an October investigation this month, uh, there was an investigation that wasn't on John Gruden. It was actually looking into the Washington football team for workplace misconduct, but due to Due to uncovered emails from John Gruden sent to then-Washington General Manager Bruce Allen, Gruden had apparently used racist and homophobic emails between the years 2011 and 2018. Now, I can't read exactly what some of these emails were, but they were pretty bad. Yeah. And they it makes you question, like, oh, my God, I can't believe we had somebody in there that hateful and that mean <laughs> coaching a bunch of players. Wow. I mean, he... I mean, I can't really read some of these uh, stuff, but I'll try the best I can. You want me to do your bleeps? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Please. Okay, he called Roger Goodell a clueless anti-football. Yes. And he also said uh, Roger Goodell shouldn't have pressured the Rams to draft. Beep. Referring to Michael Sam, the first openly gay player drafted in NFL history. Um, he reportedly also stated that players who protest the national anthem should be fired, specifically referring to former 49ers to former 49er safety Eric Reed. Gruden also allegedly called the United States Vice President Joe Biden a nervous, clueless beep. Gruden also was receiving emails from Allen that contained topless photos of Washington cheerleaders. So John Gruden went on to resign, saying that. Uh, he did not mean to hurt anybody, and I hate when people say that. Yes, you did. Yes, and I was sitting there thinking, like, you one hundred percent meant it. You didn't. You're just sorry that you got caught. Exactly. And the thing is, is why are people still putting this stuff in writing? Quit putting things in words. Yeah, or, or it, I mean, when they're in writing, it's there, and it could always come out. Like they wasn't even investigating this guy, and he got caught up because Karma. of old emails. Karma. And this is a guy whose career is over. He was a former Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2002. And now his career is over after emails that were uncovered from five, six years ago. Here's another NFL coach from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer was caught uh, this month. He was publicly uh, reprimanded because he was publicly caught with a girl who was not his wife mm-hmm. dancing all over him and him touching her and touching her booty and her hips and stuff <laughs> all over his bar. You can't do that when you're a married man and you're the head coach of a no. football team. You can't. You, you just can't do it. Especially when your record is zero and four. Oh, Lord. And it was, and it didn't make matters worse when the video got released the night after they just lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> which might be the worst football team in the league right now. I'm kidding. I no, said obviously I just said that to make some people mad that listen to the show. So I'm kidding. The Bengals are not that bad. But those are two coaches that are not having good good months. Is October like get fired from the NFL month? It must be. I mean, come on. But Urban Meyer zero and four with his first NFL job, not doing too good. And we're talking about Urban Meyer here, who quite possibly considerably might be the greatest college football coach of all time. Now, I personally think that's Nick Saban, and I would say Urban Meyer's number two. But he's definitely not a good NFL coach, and that little video didn't make his 
matters any uh, better. But Amber, do you watch NFL football at all? Do you know any coaches, any coach out there other than the ones that I named? Other than the ones you holler and cuss about, I don't know. Not a one of them, buddy. Well, I don't really know much about football coaches either, especially NFL football coaches. But I do think that with anything, there's always a top five. Oh, yeah. So I'd like to give you my top five greatest NFL coaches. Now, this is just my opinion. Okay. I feel like these are the top five NFL coaches in history. Well, you know, I don't know nothing about it, so I'm going with your list. All right. I want to say the number one and the greatest of all time, the greatest football coach of all time for the NFL is Bill Belichick. You've said that before. You have said that before. Bill Belichick, I mean, people can argue with me about that. He has had so many different Super Bowl appearances, nine as a matter of fact, and he's won one, two, three, four, five, six Super Bowls. Now, of course, Tom Brady was by his side the entire time, but I don't care. He still won them. Exactly. Uh, He still won them. Team's more than just Tom Brady. Yes, the team's more than Tom Brady. Um, Vince Lombardi is going to be my number two. Uh, he coached the Green Bay Packers uh, for years. Now, you probably don't recognize that name because he's an older guy, but I think that when you're looking at just great football coaches, not of the modern era, Vince Lombardi is going to be number two. Number three, Paul Brown. Have you ever heard of Paul Brown? Because no. there's the Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. No. He, he was the Cleveland Browns uh, football coach, and then he coached in Cincinnati as well. And... I would say number four on my list of being one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time is John Madden. Okay. I know you've heard of like that name. from the Madden games. Okay. Uh, we'll say there. I know something. And he went on to be a famous announcer, but a great, a great football coach. And then there is number five on my list, who is also a modern-day coach and one of the best coaches, I think one of the best coaches coaching today, and he makes my top five, and that's Andy Reid. Now, I don't know who that is. He is the coach of the Philadelphia, or I'm, I'm sorry, he's the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he used to coach Philadelphia from 1999 to 2012. But what I like about Andy Reid is that he is the only he's the only coach to take two uh, teams to the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yep, he's consistently been a head coach for longer than any of his peers in the game, and he is one of only. I'm sorry, he's one of only five coaches to lead two different teams to the Super Bowl. One that's, of only five. I mean, that still is still pretty good. I, I think so, and but that's that's who I would say makes my makes my list. Now, before I talk about the UK. Georgia game coming up. I do want to go ahead and play Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break because I've got a lot to say about the Georgia-UK game. And you know what, Amber? Big Blue Madness is actually coming up this Friday. And what's weird about it is nobody's talking about it. I was going to say the same thing. Nobody's talking about it because everybody's focused on this football game this Saturday. And why why wouldn't you be? It's not like we we get this every year. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. Sit down and enjoy a little throwback. Now, everybody knows Drake. Drake dropped a new album. And in Drake's song, he ripped off the song... I'm too sexy for my shirt. And he kind of plays it in the song. Okay. But I was like, you know what? You can't make something better than the original. So why not just enjoy a little I'm too sexy. Right said Fred with I'm too sexy. We'll be right back after the song. Going to leave. 
All right, that was Right Said Fred with I'm Too Sexy. What a throwback. A oldie, but a good wee goodie. UK versus Georgia is this Saturday, quite possibly the biggest UK game of all time. I am so excited for it. This game is for the fans. The fans have been wanting something like this ever since Mark Stoops came into Lexington. And it's hard to talk bad about Stoops when he's winning like this. 6 oh, and 0. Now, come on. No, no. 6 and 0. Yeah. 6 and 0 and it's it's just it's hard to talk about somebody when they're winning. And I am going to give it to him and just say, "You know what, Stoops, you are it, I know Florida's having a down year." I know that LSU's having a down year, but just like uh, with anything else I've said, he still won. Well, maybe you gave him a kick in the pants last week yeah. when you put him on blast. Listen, I'm sure Mark Stoops listens <laughs> to Off the Cuff every Thursday. Well, if he don't, then that makes a lot of sense I, as to why he loses I'm, a lot. I'm sure he listens every Thursday, and he, he probably heard me go on a rant about him, <laughs> and he said, you know what, I, I need to can't straighten my, it up. Can't let my boy down again. I need to straighten it up. And... So Kentucky, we defeated LSU, and now we're six and zero. Wow! Has this ever happened? Not since the seventies. Okay, or maybe the fifties. Even it's been a long, long time. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's oh, for the it's let's see, it says six and zero for the f- fifth time in program history. Wow! So we've only been six and oh five times in we'll, the whole history of the program. In right? the whole history wow. of the program, what a team this is! Will Levis is a superstar, um, and I just think that with Will Levis as your quarterback, he's such a great leader. Everybody else just falls right in line. You have Rodriguez, Cavassier, Smoke, and man, why am I having a blank on one of the greatest? Wandale Robinson. Yes, then you have people like him who just dominate. And with a cast like that, it's hard to lose. Now, we do play Georgia this Saturday. Do I think that we will beat Georgia? No. But do I think that we can play with Georgia? Yes. Do I think that we will get blown out by Georgia? No. Could we? Yes. Do I think so? No. I think that anything could happen. I don't think it's so far out of the question to think that we could win this game. Yeah. But... When you look at the star-studded team that we have and the momentum that we have right now, I think that anything could happen. Anything. And for those who listen to my betting advice, yes, there last we week, go, guys. If you listen to it, uh, you, if you listen to me, you won some money. Uh huh. Because the game did go over. So the over/under for this is forty-four point five. Now I would say to take the under on that. I think that uh, UK's defense is a lot better. It's improved a lot. Georgia's defense is outstanding. So there's not going to be a lot of touchdowns during this game. So 44.5, take the under on that. You heard it first here. Yeah, I, I do. I just, I like that. So the Cats will be the underdog, but I don't think that Kirby Smart, who's the head coach of Georgia Bulldogs, I don't think he's going to take this game lightly because he knows that this isn't a typical UK football team. No, we're coming with some heat this time, and that's something we usually don't come with us. Bad attitudes sometimes, but never heat. Yes, but the game is this Saturday on CBS at 3.30. It's going to be, it's going to be a primetime game. I'm excited for it. I believe it's on CBS. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. But ladies and gentlemen, we got one more segment to go. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words. Turn on the radio. 
everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Last segment of the hour. Amber is also in studio with me. Amber, I'm not somebody that takes everything for face value. I It took me eight months before I got the COVID-19 vaccine mm-hmm. because I wanted to do my own research. Yeah. And I just feel like that sometimes what the doctor says needs to not be the gospel all the time. No, that's that's why we have second opinions for a reason. And the reason that I think that way is because doctors are human beings. Exactly. They fart just like we do. Mm-hmm. They put their pants on one leg at a time. They burp just like we do. They go to the bathroom. They do all this stuff just like we do. Uh-huh. So just because they can take tests really well in medical school, doesn't make them just the know-all be-all. Now, I'm not taking anything away from medical geniuses and, and no. God Almighty, we need them. But I just don't take everything for face value. You like to educate yourself. And you know, I, I don't think it's no secret to... I'll share this with the audience. I have atrial septal defect in my heart. It's like a little hole in the chamber of my mm-hmm. heart. This the one got the hoe in This it. one got the hoe in it. It's something I was born with. And because of that, my cardiologist told me when they discovered this uh, about six, seven years ago. About 10 years ago, actually. Actually, longer than that. About 15 years ago. God <laughs> almighty, I'm getting old. But he told me, he said, I think that you need to take a daily aspirin every day going forward for the rest of your life. And the reason for that, and it was very common for cardiologists to tell people that Mm -hmm. because aspirin was the drug that was supposed to prevent people from blood clots and... It's a blood thinner. It's a blood thinner and and less risk of heart attack. But I was once told that I needed to take a daily aspirin, and I didn't listen. I just did not feel comfortable taking a medication every single day. I feel that. I just did not. I don't care. I just did not. And it's a good thing that I didn't listen to him because now, Amber, oh. research shows that the increased risk of bleeding occurs relative, relatively quickly after someone begins regular use of aspirin. Uh-huh. The American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association had jointly narrowed their recommendations to say aspirin should be prescribed very selectively for people ages 40 to 70 who had never had a heart attack or stroke. On aspirin, the organizations say generally no, occasionally yes for primary prevention. That advice differs from the task force new draft guidance for a cutoff at age 60. Uh, someone says, a doctor, she says, when we looked at the literature, most of it suggested the net balance is not favorable for most people. There was more bleeding than heart attacks prevented, said Dr. Amet Kura, one of the authors of the medical group's guidelines. Uh, another person uh, says the task force, which previously made a universal recommendation for high-risk adults in their 50s to take baby aspirin if their odds of a side effect were low, now proposes that high-risk adults in their 40s and 50s talk to their doctors and make an individual decision about whether to begin a daily regimen of aspirin. So now they're saying that in order to be just in order than just going out here and being put on a daily regimen of aspirin, you should talk to your doctor because now it should be a very select people who should be on this. So what we're finally starting to understand is that uh, medicine is not a one-size-fits-all. Is that what you're finally telling me? Is somebody finally going to say medicine isn't a one-size-fits-all? That's exactly right. Hey, 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 that's all I'm saying. But, you know, it's just a good thing that I didn't listen. Oh, looky there, boys. What if I would have listened and I 
took that daily aspirin medicine that I didn't want to, and now they're saying, well, you need, you can come off that because that really didn't do anything for you. Yeah, it wasn't going to help you. Now, it might not have hurt you, but it, it wasn't going to help you. And how many people go into it thinking, well, if I just do this one thing, this is going to save me, and they don't do any other type of preventative care. One time I passed out in the shower because of my eating for that day. Like, I was not eating right that day, mm-hmm. and I got real hot, passed out in the shower. The doctor tried to put me on seizure medication. I've never had a seizure in my life, never had one, and he tried to put me on seizure medication. Just because your doctor says to do it, I'm not saying go against it, but just educate yourself and don't let him or her be the know-all, be-all. Mm-mm. Do your research. Do your research. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to get out of here, and that wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff. You can check out all of our previous episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, because we are on podcasts where we put all of our episodes. New live episodes come out every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9. You can follow Off the Cuff on social media on Facebook and Instagram by going to Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. You can follow Amber, the co-host, at Ambu447. You can follow me, the host, at The Adam Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll catch you next Thursday from 4 to 5.